Dose of Drunk and Disorderly podcast brought to you by the Launchpad Media. Go to www.thelaunchpadmedia.com. And this is a great time. My wife just came home, so the dogs are going to start barking. I'm really sorry. Uh, you can hang out with Johnny Rocket, Alex Merced, and us. Also, scrolling on the bottom of the screen, you have anchor.fm slash ozaraptor and subscribestar.com slash drunk dash and dash disorderly. Those are places that you can go support us. Uh, support, monetary support specifically, is going to be a big topic tonight. Absolutely. Um, because of our guest uh, that, you know, Dre will get into that soon enough. Um also, so we've got our YouTube channel, which is doing really well lately, um, mostly on the back of the uh, the death match that we had. Uh, that was a great episode, I feel like. Um, what else? The death uh, match was a lot of fun. Oh, dude, it was so much fun. Uh, we got to do it again. Um, I So I am in talks with uh, Kokesh, and I'll probably reach out to... Um, God, why did I forget his name? Boot. Vermin Supreme? Yes. Vermin Supreme. Uh, I'm going to reach out to Vermin again. Uh, like, he's always interested in doing the show, but we can never, like, lock in a time. And then Scheduling he really has busy. been tricky. Vermin is super busy. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. Adam will do the show. Of course he'll do the show. Yeah. Uh, he'll do so, the show, right, Adam? So I, uh, I invited him on, and he never got my email. So I had to, like snarkily tweet at him a couple days ago and he's like i'm really sorry uh contact my guy and Dude, I which i should have remembered that um he has a guy for that because i've <laughs> talked to the guy like three times yeah three marcus yeah well i wasn't gonna name drop him thanks aaron just get, hi marcus hi marcus so yeah that's where we're at dre take it away hey everyone uh this week has been rough every week since the i started this job has been rough honestly so i'm just trying to get through it as best i can you're close um, though right you're close to being to saying bon voyage to this job um maybe not as close as i would like to be but you know there are uh, definitely um exit routes being um assembled as we speak so there's that Yes, so that is definitely what I need to be focusing on. Um, what are you drinking tonight, Dre? I'm drinking wine. I'm, my usual, my Coppola Cabernet. Yeah. I love yeah, it. Apparently, my kid is crashing. So uh, I just noticed that uh, Chrissy w Witchers, is that how you say it? Witchers? Wickers? Wickers? Look, those of you that know her, because I've never actually met her in real life, what's her, how do you say her name? Wickers, like yeah. the basket. Okay, like so she just, she just liked our page, and that just reminds me of all those times, like last year, where we were all, um, like, tweeting and uh, Facebooking our meal items at her. And oh, Chrissy hates <laughs> it when people post their food. So, Thanks, folks, if, you, if Chrissy is on your friends list, please send her a picture of your dinner. She'll appreciate it. Just Thanksgiving dinners, though. That's what yeah. you like. Holiday meals specifically. Thanksgiving, Christmas. So I remember I actually, when everyone else was doing that, and I didn't even know her, I just hopped on the bandwagon because I'm a follower like that. Uh, I sent the ribs that Elfie made, and I actually got a, uh, like, well, no, that's perfectly acceptable. <laughs> so I'm way cooler than the rest of you, I guess, because she actually liked what I did. Can I tell you about Chrissy and I went camping this summer? You yes. definitely can. We went... 
So we went can camping with anarchists at Anarchon in Virginia. And um, it was a couple day event in Gore, Virginia, hosted by Liberate RVA. And that's like the anarchist contingent in Richmond, Virginia. And so we played in the water and in the woods and, um, and it was just a really kind of like, if you've been to pork fest, it's like pork fest, except um, imagine a little more less organization and a lot more free creativity to create your own experience. Um, so yeah, we would, we went uh, camping in the woods and you guys had tons of fun. Oh, it was a blast. Um, so some friends invited me to go and I was he really hesitant to go because it's been probably 20 years since I've been camping and I didn't know how I would do. It's been a decade since I've camped. And, um, and so they said that they would take care of everything. I just needed to show up. And I imagined myself floating on a body of water in a tube with my libertarian friends. And I was like, okay, I'm coming. I'm coming. So, um, yeah, we did, uh, we did camping and, and, and if anybody wants to go, go check out Liberate RVA and Anarchon and they are looking to expand the event for next year. So um, feel free to check out that event. Sounds awesome. So tonight you guys, we have Jess Mears, the lovely, beautiful Jess Mears, who is the um, membership manager of the LP. Um, that is so cool. So I really wanted to ask you, I'm really curious what it has been like this last year, uh, doing what you do, where you're doing it now in DC or right outside of DC. What is that like? Yeah, so I would like to um, kind of start about how, how I ended up getting into this position that I'm in right now. Um, I know in the Liberty world that um, there's few jobs that uh, most people become activists and spend a lot of their own time and money doing activism. So I started as an activist around 2007 and I love being an activist. And one of my dream jobs when I was in college was to work for the Libertarian Party. So it's super nerdy, but it is really true that like my dream job came true. And um, you're very lucky. That's what that means. Yes, I'm so well, lucky. I'm so lucky. I think it's, it's bigger than luck. Like Jess, I worked with you on, on the Johnson Wealth campaign before you took the job with the party. Um, it's 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 a lot more than luck. Jess is really good at what she does. No, I'm not. I'm not dismiss her hard work whatsoever. I'm just saying, how many people get to you know at such a young age get to do what they love and get paid for it? That's amazing. It is. It's so awesome. So when I was in college, I first joined the party as a member, and the person that convinced me to join the party was Kevin Nedler in Ohio, and I was um, maybe a freshman in college. And Kevin said, you need to join the party. Um, I'm like, oh, Kevin, no, like, don't shake me down for money. I'm poor. And he's like, you need to do it. You just need to do it. It's $25. You need to support the party. And so I joined the party. And um, at that time, that was the equivalent of four trips to Chipotle. So that was a big sacrifice for me. <laughs> um, but now that I have been a member of the party um, since 2008 is when I first gave. Um, I've got my membership card right here. <laughs> so that's when I first joined the party. And I've been involved as an activist and worked on campaigns and um, tried to build county affiliates. And I founded a group at my college university 
And then um, after college, I ended up moving to a retirement community in Florida called The Villages. And I lived there for a year and I started a retirement community village libertarian group. So I've kind of had an interesting experience as an activist from like students to retirees to just the county level. And um, in 2016, I helped Austin Peterson with his presidential campaign. And I wasn't a, like a full-time person on his campaign. I just was trying to help since I realized a lot of the people on Austin's campaign had never been to a national convention before and they didn't have that experience. And I thought, well, these people might want some, a little bit of insight as to what this is like since most of his um, campaign team were young individuals or um, people who were new to the Libertarian Party. Mm-hmm. And I, Quick question about that. Yeah. Because you just kind of made me think of something when you were talking about that. So I realize you you don't you can't chime in on like the current presidential race, but on the last one, would you say that he was the cool candidate? Austin? Yeah. Oh well, I think John McAfee is like who would I want to go like voting with for McAfee now? might be a little too cool. <laughs> no, I would. Yeah, that's a tough one because McAfee might just be a little bit too much, even though how much you might want to go party on his yacht. Holy shit. What are you going to get into with that guy? Yeah, you don't know. Like, you might not come back. Right. There might be an international <laughs> incident. You never know. Yeah. Look, Mark Feldman was the underrated cool candidate, right? The one nobody thought was cool until he gave that epic fucking Until everybody cried. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, like I think to me what I love about Austin was he is um, he engaged young people to bring them out to the party. And I went to the 2010 National Convention and I was I was alone, very few young women there and I was 21, 20 years old. And then coming to 2016's convention, I noticed I like I felt the movement and the energy that Austin Peterson was building. And he brought a lot of people to the party. And I I respected that. And that's what I thought. I, you know, I know that our chances of winning a presidential cycle are they're slim. They're very, very slim. So I thought I want somebody who's going to build this movement and build this party and bring it to the next level. And I thought that was Austin. And so I supported Austin. Um, And when he didn't get the nomination, I um, decided I was going to focus local in Florida. We had a Senate race in Florida that was very contentious in 2016. Mm -hmm. So I um, focused my energy for a little bit on the Senate race. Um, But the Johnson campaign really needed help in Florida because the Florida director was also managing the store for the campaign and doing other things. And so the Florida campaign really needed help. A friend convinced me to volunteer on the campaign, and then I kind of just got sucked up into it. And um, I told the campaign, I said, I'm willing to quit my job. I was working in local government in Lakewood Ranch, Florida, for a community development district. It's like a glorified HOA. And I, um, I, I was like, I will quit my job if you have a job for me full time. And I did. And so I took a huge risk. I worked on the Johnson campaign and I was the um, advanced person for Governor Weld for about a month and a half. I worked on the digital team, the grassroots team. And then the last few weeks of the election, I was on um, Gary Johnson's advance team. And um, so I was uh, alongside the governors on the campaign. Really amazing experience. And um, I recommend this to anyone. I 
Um, it was a lot of travel. It was a lot of hard work, a lot of days. I gained a lot of weight because it was stressful and I was eating like Sabaro in airports. But if anybody has this opportunity to work on a campaign um, and leave a job that they don't like and you really feel like this campaign is going to be able to continue for as long as you need it to, um, like I, you know, I wouldn't say quit your job for a campaign that might end in a month. Um, but right. I knew that there was a huge, this was a huge opportunity. And after the campaign season, after the election was over, um, I, the party had a, received significant donations in 16. So they were able to expand some of the staff and hire on some more people. So I was able to get a job with the national party right after the election. So that's how I got to work for the party. That's kind of, and I, I told uh, Zach that I could just talk this entire time with all of you guys silent because I'm a talker. So feel free to like, let me not dominate the conversation. <laughs> I really want to know what it's like living in DC, being a, you know, an LP member who is, that's your life. That's what you do all day. That's, you know, what you live, breathe, eat and do. So because, you know, I imagine it's pretty it's pretty partisan over there, you know, and I don't know how we would fit in exactly or how we would be, um, you know, accepted or not, you know. So I've been here in the D.C. area for a little over a year and I go to events um, once or twice a week, sometimes at the Cato Institute, sometimes charity fundraisers. Um, sometimes events organized by libertarians, but the thing that I was really blown away by when I first got here was I was told by so many people, oh, why would you go to Washington, D.C.? It's so liberal. It's super progressive. Like, you're not going to like anybody there, and they're all going to hate you. It's kind of the vibe that everybody was giving me, but mm -hmm. it literally couldn't be, like, any further from the truth. When I moved here, I started going to libertarian events. Um, there's... America's Future Foundation, and just a huge host of events. Um, Kat Muerte and Elizabeth Nolan Brown. Kat is the digital director for Cato Institute, and Elizabeth Nolan Brown is a writer, um, an associate editor at uh, Reason, and I might have slaughtered her title there, but they have a group called Feminists for Liberty. I went to that and um, started meeting lots of libertarians, and when I meet people that are little L libertarians, they are very surprised to meet somebody from the National Party. They are surprised to hear that the National Party has an office in Old Town Alexandria, just like six or seven miles from the Capitol. Um, so what I've really made an onus for myself is to be present in DC, to show up at events, to shake hands, and let people know that the party is around, because I think we have a lot of, um, reputation building to do within our own movement in in dc and even within other other areas i know the state policy network is a new organization to me that i've recently learned about but there's in the states tons of libertarian think tanks that i didn't even know existed um so like the mackinac mackinac or mackinac mackinac yeah, in Michigan, mm -hmm. and um, just there's tons of them out there. So really developing connections in this movement is where I've been trying to focus some of my energy because those connections are really useful when we need policy assistance or we might want a speaker or like so many different kinds of situations. But um, it's just that, that's kind of where I've invested my time and energy is meeting people in the movement 
and seeing how we can work better together. So just Justin is um, bringing up in the chat. He's the two two things in a second. We're gonna have to get to Justin's mandated question. We are Justin. I, I just wanted to be straight with you, dude, though. If you don't start subscribing, we're going to stop asking. Yep. Like <laughs> you get what you pay for, yo. Um, so there's that, but he's bringing up libertarian karaoke nights. Mm. Right, no, no, let's go with the question first. All right. So you're on the spot. Okay. How do you, how do you feel about nuclear energy? Okay. First thing is I have to, <gasps> I lied already on this podcast. I went Camping at Pork Fest two years ago and forgot about it. So <laughs> I did. I camped. Um, but as far I as remember I remember, that, goes, calling you out. Um, I think that, I, and I'm no scientist. Um, my friend James and Ray, and Ray would be very remiss if I didn't mention thorium. So uh, yeah, that's what we at this point. That's what we mean when we talk about nuclear. At least uh, that's what we mean. Okay. I don't know about everyone else, but. Um, so we play a game uh, at work where one of our, our backup hosts and I will try to think of problems and think of a solution to that problem that isn't hemp or thorium. We, there aren't many. Yeah, there really aren't any. <laughs> I'm very um, grateful I am not um, solving our energy um, issues in, in the, on the globe. <laughs> so thankfully that one's not up to me, but if, if I had to say what we should do, we should <laughs> investigate nuclear energy or hire uh, James M. Ray to tell us all about thorium. <laughs> and then Justin also um, was bringing up libertarian karaoke nights. Do you want to discuss those? I um, am how those go, so I'm a terrible um, singer. I, I've, I would like to be brave enough to do karaoke and I have plans to sing something about a truck by Kip Moore with Michael McFarland next time um, there's a, an opportunity that presents itself. So then so, are you going to be in Miami? Or are we doing libertarian karaoke in Miami? Is that the I don't think I'm going to Miami. What's Miami? The next LNC meeting is Miami. Oh. In November. Oh, by the way, Aaron, we totally didn't talk about this, but we're not doing the birthday bash in November. We're doing it in December, so you can totally come up. Okay. Yes. And, and Jess, you're totally invited to that too. It's okay. our podcast first birthday. Oh. Uh, so actually, so we have to talk about this because Jeremy gave me this idea today, and this is going to turn into uh, a a fundraiser and b just a fun time. We are going to do a comedy roast of me at our birthday. Oh party. yay! I want in. <laughs> We're all in on this shit, man. Even Great. even John's in on this. <laughs> yeah, John is all in. Like I told Zach earlier today when he told me about this idea, and I didn't even have to ask John. I said, you know what? This is this is how you get John on stage. And as soon as I got home and I talked to him about it, he goes, Yeah, I'd get on stage for that. And I'm like, I knew it. I didn't even ask him. Didn't even ask That's him. Right. I just told him what the idea was. He's like, Yeah, yep. He's like, the whole idea is to see if you can get the guy to punch you. <laughs> so, I just want to make him cry. Me? Yeah. I, I wear a skirt cry. every day. You're not going to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> I bet I know a couple ways. Are you going to bring up my my trauma from when my dog died? Because that's really the. No, that, you're gonna... that should always no. be off limits. <laughs> off limits. 
Well, as long as we agree on that. No, we oh, agree on right. that, but but fucking like Caleb's going to show up and just tell a bunch of terrible jokes about my animals. <laughs> I'm just going to slip Elfie little suggestions for ways to improve your life and keep you excited. Look, if it if it gets her more involved, I'm okay with it at this point. <laughs> well, you so say that now, but bigging is a real thing. The massage table was seriously like less than a hundred dollars. Yeah, like eighty bucks. That's insane. I assume that a, a nice massage table would be way pricier than that. It's like a regular that you can fold up. You have the face hole and everything. Yeah, it even has like this dangly arm thing. So if you're the kind of person that has to go out wide to to get your your shoulders to relax, you can do that. Very cool. I so uh, we're we're not sponsored by people who make massage tables, but. <laughs> Um, if well, we wouldn't refuse that sponsorship, first off, we wouldn't refuse that sponsorship. Second, uh, if you have a lady partner you, and you don't have one, you're wrong, lads, gay ladies, you're wrong. Get yourself a massage table. <clears throat> I, I was I offensive when I said that. I apologize. Yeah. No, like, was that an appropriate way to say it? If you have a lady, and you should. Aaron's, Aaron's giving that. me that judgmental look right now. I feel like maybe I said that incorrectly. I blame the alcohol, the the one third of my screwdriver I've had so far. That's a screwdriver in a bottle. Was that pre-made? What is that pussy bullshit? You know, you knew Zach's drink tonight was going to be some fruity little fruit fruit bitch drink. Put a goddamn umbrella in that, you pussy. Dude, if I had one, I would totally do it. Why didn't you just go get a Zima? Azima with oh. grenadine. <laughs> um, yes, what are you drinking? So I am drinking water. I um, I quit drinking alcohol this spring, and I am now trying to live alcohol free. Well, good luck with that. It's really weird. It's a really weird change in my life um, without drinking, and uh, I'm really enjoying it actually. Well, hey, if it works for you, good. More power to you. you yeah. Know? yeah. Less calories, less wasted money. I've been working on being healthier and um, spending more time on, um, like, well, work is obviously very intensive and a lot. So the amount of time I have where I'm not working, I'm trying to spend it, like, making healthy decisions and, like, being really, like, intentional with my time. And I know it sounds like, Really kind of like, um, you're a nerd, like Marianne Williamson esque, but uh, <laughs> not even close. Uh, <laughs> how are Kevin and Carrie? Oh, my doggies. Um, aunt, Auntie Erin, um, I love those doggos. They're, they're doing very good. Uh, I have two rescue dogs that I mm -hmm. uh, get all of my time when I'm not being intentional with my abstinence from alcohol and working. <laughs> so I go for really long walks with my dogs in this town that I live in. And so my, I've been working on trying to be healthier and that's kind of something I wanted to bring up since I mentioned earlier, working on campaigns, it's very difficult and stressful and resulted in me gaining weight. So I've been trying to be healthier and prepare for 2020 is going to be coming. And um, I'm, you know, not like as a political professional, 
things change rapidly in the environment and perhaps you know I might be working for the party but I might need to help a presidential campaign or something like after we have a nomination um, and have a nominee that comes forth so I'm trying to get myself in a really like healthy like physical and mental place so by the time 2020 runs runs around like if I gain five or ten pounds it's not going to be a big deal <laughs> Getting ready to wear out tennis shoes, door knocking. Yeah, yeah. The so, first time. Yeah, yeah, and like the the healthier we are, the better we are going to be with our longevity, with our lives, and um, yeah. respecting your body is, I think, a really big part of our philosophy that we don't really ever talk about. That um, you know, you have the ability to make your own choices, but we do want everyone to make the wisest choices possible. We want everyone to be as healthy as possible. And um, so that's why I'm trying to like start with myself. I'm just waiting for uh, in the world. I'm just waiting for Kokesh's dream of us all being androids within five years, so that I don't have to actually lose weight on my own. <laughs> so in that Look, same Adam says that, but Adam Adam does work out, and Adam does eat oh, a very yeah. pretty strict vegan diet. He does. Adam's one of those asshole army guys that I hate because he got out and stayed in decent shape and is still like <laughs> could spend two weeks and then go back to fighting because like he's close enough to his fighting shape. Whereas it would take me over a year of hard, hard lifestyle changes in order to get back into fighting shape. Oh, dude, if the military tried to recall Adam, it would be like, catch me if you can. Like, mm -hmm. good luck, fuckers. Yeah. We will outrun you. I'm just saying, like, if the back. boogaloo happens, Adam is in much better shape to fight that than I am. <laughs> so, please give me a one-year warning before the boogaloo so that I can get back into fighting shape. <laughs> Which, well, that's an important question. Cool. Jess, what's your boogaloo weapon? Oh, Oh, I don't know. A dog. I have dogs. <laughs> I don't really need a rock launcher. So, do you have? So, I'm a bit of an elitist like this. When you say you have dogs, and you probably said this earlier, but I've been trying to monitor the stream at the same time. Uh, what kind of dogs are they? Like, are they dogs or are they like, oh, that's a dog? Oh no, they're dogs. Oh, yeah, they're 50 pounders. Okay, well, that's respectable. And one's a German Shepherd mix, and the other one is a Golden Retriever mixed with Ge a. German Shepherd doggos are best doggos. Yeah, he, my other one's a Chow, chow mix. And, yeah, he's a German Shepherd Chow Chow. He is so awesome. Yeah. We, we just adopted a German Shepherd pit, and she's. That dog can already out jump the uh black lab who clears our fence without any problem so i'm just waiting for that moment where the the pit bull realizes that the fence is purely optional at this point <laughs> so cute oh she's adorable elfie's got the door closed so she can't run down here and bug me though she's adorable but yeah so you just you you did mention what? Michelle McCutcheon says, don't hate on little doggos. Oh, Michelle no. is a dachshund mommy for everybody who doesn't know. And her dogs are adorable. So I'm not They're hating not on them. Look, I've even learned to appreciate Elfie's dog. So here's the deal. I got high as shit a couple weeks back. You don't say. And <laughs> I was hanging out. We actually had the girls. So apparently the girls love me when I'm high because I'm, I'm even more like goofy and playful. Um, That's true. 
<clears throat> so I'm sitting there and the, the fat dog, cause this is like a 30 pound dog. That's supposed to be maybe 12. Uh, we're working on it. <laughs> the dog so, Yeah. He jumps up next to me and I'm like, you know what, man, you're all right. We're, we're like fat guys and we need to stick together. And at that point we bonded. No longer are we enemies in this house, but instead we are the closest allies. That dog looks like a giant sausage with legs and a head. <laughs> Sorry, I am completely derailing us. Go back to your serious conversation about LP National. Carry on. <laughs> we were talking about being healthy, and Jess had said she wanted to talk about vaping, and I think that that is a great topic to discuss because I am so sick of this talk of bans and bullshit, and it has helped me. I started smoking as a preteen, and I quit smoking in... 2014 haven't had a drag off of a cigarette since because of vaporizers thank you very much i mean not to mention that the bullshit that we're seeing because of vapes right the deaths all this recent hullabaloo it's not because of vapes it's because of a fucking black market and black markets exist because of prohibitions government prohibitions so really if you want people to stop dying from vaping eliminate the prohibitions on vaping it's really fucking easy i have something to share yes so okay one of the benefits of living in the dc area and making connections like i talked about that earlier how i spend so much of my time trying to meet people and make connections with people that the party hasn't traditionally had connections with well i have a friend who had a meeting with mick mulvaney the white house chief of staff right now um and acting a thousand positions at the moment and they basically told him, um, lay off the vaping issue or else Trump's going to lose the election. So, like, this is, like, information that I don't know if this meeting is public um, or not. And so I'm not going to say who told me this. But, like, these are things that I learned lurking in, in, in the Beltway and having these connections with people that are, like, having meetings with the White House and such. So um, I hope that Trump's going to be backing off of the vaping ban because he's been told by powerful people that you're going to lose the election if you keep going after this one. Do you really think Trump listens to intelligent, powerful well, people? You know, I'm not convinced. Actually, Aaron, what I heard, what I read and what I heard and what he had said was, you know, we, we need to look into it some further. We need to have. I don't know that this is really a Trump issue, though, is it? Is, from everything well, I'm like, saying, yeah, he's tweeted about it, right? He's popped off about it. But this is primar primarily driven by the old parties, by, yeah. by congressmen and senators right you now. You see the states doing it. You know, what we have California, Michigan, and New York trying to ban flavors or have banned flavors. Okay, so when are we going to ban the cotton candy and the cherry-flavored vodka, motherfucker? Hush, Zach will cry without cotton candy and cherry-flavored vodka. What the fuck is he supposed to drink? He can't drink real booze. Scotch. Fuck Maya. Yeah. All okay. right. The great thing is we're finding lots of new libertarians through Trump being an asshole. Like people are coming to us and um, the party really quickly responded. Like when the Michigan ban was announced, I told Dan, I was like, our contingency, like libertarians vape. I have so many libertarian friends that vape. And I was just like, this should be an issue we need to pick up. And so we started like, you know, thinking about it. And then Trump announced a vaping ban. So right now there's some uh, websites that I'm going to, I don't know how to put things in the chat. Um, Vape.vote 
is one LP website that we're using and lp.org slash vape where we're trying to collect with people in the um, vaping industry their information. So the Libertarian Party is basically the only home for people who are concerned about their right to ingest nicotine however they would like. With Do you guys not see any correlation though between this, this outcry over vaping and the fact that RJ Reynolds is now releasing what will not technically be classified as a vape, uh, a nicotine hot stick, which is a hybrid between a cigarette and a vape. Do you not oh think that there's a connection? I mean, is it just me? I, I get that I'm the conspiracy theorist of the group, but I find it odd that all the outrage from vaping hits like just a couple of weeks before RJ Reynolds is going to replace vapes with their cigarette vape hybrid. I mean, this it screams tobacco lobby to me. Drink it, it Zach. Matter. You can't just have it. You have to drink it for it to count. I'm, I'm showing everyone our, my lovely Think Liberty glass. Oh, very nice. So, Jess, I'm sorry. You said vape.vote. And what was the other site? LP.org slash vape. So I'm going to look at these now. LP.org slash vape. Yeah. So the LP.org slash vape is a membership promotion we're running right now. You get a, a shirt that says, I vape, I vote. When, when you join the party that way, and then vape.vote, and I haven't spent too much time on these websites because they're new, um, but these are websites that are live now that the LP put together, and I guess you can sign up for some action alerts, and um, yeah, so we're like, we're trying to start getting, so this is the way I like to think of the party. We are not salmon. Salmon, during mating season, go upstream. We are going downstream. We're the other fish because voters that are downstream, like the vaping issue, these are voters that we can easily pick up that they're coming to us already and we can, you know, help reach them because they're they're really annoyed and pissed off with political parties right now. Yeah, so I feel like we need to go after these issues where these are just inherently people that are going to become libertarians at some point. As soon as the vapes are, you can't go buy a vape cartridge, a mango jewel pod anymore. Um, you know, these are going to be people who are going to be like really pissed off with the government. So, so just why does membership matter in my state in Oklahoma alone? We've got over 10,000 registered libertarian voters. Yes. You know, because you see our membership numbers yeah. far, far less actual members. Um, yeah. Tell everybody watching who's a registered libertarian voter, who's a small L libertarian, make the case for membership. Why does membership okay. matter? What do they get for that? Yeah, definitely. So, all right. Let me give you some some truth here. Um, the RNC, the Republican National Committee, raised $23.5 million in August. Woo! That's a lot of money. Um, so they have a cash on hand. The RNC has $53.8 million cash on hand. Um, let's see about the Republicans uh, or the Democrats. Um, let me check this out. All right, this is an article, Democrats, August fundraising. So I'm starting off why you should join the LP with how much the Democrats and Republicans bring in, but the, I'm just trying to be practical here. Okay. So Democrats, they're fundraising. So the, the, the Republicans had $23.5 million come in in August. 
And where is oh? Jimmy, that's a great joke. You win. You win the internet today. Oh, that's gold, Jimmy. Trump ain't gonna be carrying the family jewels after this. <laughs> well, he might. I mean, that's who, funny. who better to run a black market jewel ring than our president? All right, so this is uh, right, this is the safe fuck, Aaron. Okay, here's the DNC's fundraising. RNC $23.5 million, the DNC $7.9 million. The DNC is struggling to bring in money, but a lot of their supporters right now are giving money to presidential candidates since it's a really contested presidential race. Yeah, and it's a clown car. The Libertarian Party's annual budget is about $1.5 million. So if you know DC think tanks, the American Enterprise Institute, that's about a $50 million a year organization. Um, the Libertarian Party, I would say, has a much wider brand ID. More people know Libertarian Party than American Enterprise Institute. And we get we have a $1.5 million a year budget. We do a lot with a little. A lot. Like, we had, in 2016, 50 state plus D.C. ballot access for our presidential ticket. And we are preparing right now for 2020 to have 50 state plus D.C. presidential access present ballot access again and that would be two consecutive cycles and no third party has ever done that so that'd be a huge accomplishment for our party that brings in 1.5 million dollars a year so why should somebody donate to the party first of all the party needs donations if you want to see the party do more and do better it's going to take more fundraising andre and i were talking earlier because she was like oh i didn't know you work for the party full time Yes, I work for the party full-time, and I'm one of the very few people who have the privilege and honor to be a full-time staffer for the party, and I would love for the party to have hundreds of full-time staffers, not only... I'd like for us to have 20. Yeah, like, let's, like, grow this party to the point where we're, like, actually, you know, taking down the Democrats and Republicans rapidly. Like, I've been part of this movement since 2007, and I'm part of it because I believe in it, and I think we're going to be successful like with all of my heart and soul and my being. But I also think that we could do this a lot faster and um, we could be- Wait, more but why should I become a member? Like folks, like everybody yeah. take a deep breath. I'm a lifetime member, I'm not going anywhere. But yeah. why should somebody else become a member in versus just, you know, maybe when we run a candidate that they like, they'll donate. Why mm -hmm. membership? So membership is really a way to remind yourself to donate to the party annually. If you don't have, if you don't want to donate on a monthly basis, where it just you know comes out of your card every single month, um, a, giving an annual gift is your annual donation to the Libertarian Party. It's your contribution to this movement to help make sure that it continues. Membership is about fifty to 70 percent of our monthly fundraising. So your $25, your $50, your $250 gift that you give once a year, or if you give 25 bucks a month or whatever your donation level is that you choose that fits within your budget, that's your part to make sure that this party continues. Because like I said, we're $1.5 million a year organization. That's really not a lot of cash for an organization that's a national political party. And we're the best of the third parties. We're the best. We have been around since 1971. We're one of three political parties in the nation to own our, our headquarters. We bought this building because we wanted it to be a commitment that we're not going anywhere. But really, this party does need contributions to succeed and to move forward. It's really hard sustaining the party in non-election cycles like right now. 
but we're going to be gearing up for a president presidential so that will bring in a lot of excitement and energy but if you want this party to exist you should give money to it and I'm not asking for every single cent that you have but put us in your in your list of organizations that you donate to I have a question well, okay why, why don't we just fund everything with the Koch brothers money that we get all the time we don't have any Coke money and we haven't had any Coke money since 1980 when Ed Ed Clark and David Koch ran out of it. Yeah. And the reason why David Koch even ran, he didn't want to, but he ran because there were no stipulations against candidates donating money to their own campaign. So he invested like a million dollars into his campaign in 1980. Um, but we are, we are powered by people. The maximum contribution a person can give to the general fund of the Libertarian Party is $35,500. Um, that sounds like a lot of money. And that just but went up, folks. That's it's thirty-five-five now, um, and it sounds like a lot. But um, my, I have friends that are fundraisers for political organizations, and a friend of mine last week closed a one-point-five million-dollar fundraising gift for an organization. But in nonprofits, they they have um, no limits; like the the limits are different. So, um, to the party, you could give thirty-five thousand five hundred dollars to one fund, and we have multiple funds that individuals can contribute to. Um, but uh, so, but we asked for a gift of $25 to become a basic member of the party. I gave $25 when I was 21 years old. And then in 2018, I became a lifetime member of the party when I actually sold my house and I had actually money for the first time in my life. And so I decided to use some of that for donating to the party. And just a, a couple of things. So, so one, membership certainly has some benefits, right? Mm -hmm. um, there are things that that you can do and receive and participate in as a member that that you wouldn't be able to do if you weren't a member. And two, look, if anybody still has any of those David Koch gold coins, the party will take those too. You can donate those too. We're happy to take them. Um, he handed them out as campaign swag. So if anybody's still got some, you know, we'll take those. And we take Bitcoin and crypto, don't we, Jess? Yeah, lp.org slash Bitcoin. And if you want to talk real quick, because I know this is like, drunk and disorderly so like i don't want to be all boring and talk about business all night long but uh we're having a, a webinar in a couple weeks on october 8th daniel hayes is going to be on it and karen Ann harlos and maj Teray, and it's going to be get to know the libertarian party convention our national convention if it's your first time it's a really good opportunity to ask questions since um i know sometimes going to a convention can be it can be, you can have a little anxiety. Maybe you might be afraid to go because you might not know anyone. So I want to impress upon anyone that is watching this that has been um, holding themselves back from getting involved in politics because they're concerned about if, um, you know, how, how, how they'll feel the first time they go to a meeting or to a conference. I just want to encourage you to come because libertarians are some of the kindest, most generous people I've ever met in my life. They've opened their homes to me. They've helped me. Um, you know, this is, this is a movement of people that really value human beings. And like, we're all about self-empowerment and helping people and helping people become their best possible selves that they can be. So I would encourage you to come to a meeting and meet your local libertarians. And I know it can be a little nerve wracking, but um, just, just come. And I think you're going to make great friends out of it. I know I have like Aaron's one of the, um, 
one of the closest friends I have in my life. So uh, I would never have known her if I wouldn't have been involved in politics. No, there's no way. I mean, the Libertarian Party is very different in many, many ways from the old parties, right? But the one that I think stands out the most to me is that um, we're family. Um, sometimes, right? Sometimes we're a very large, very dysfunctional family. Um, but we are family. At the end of the day, we're family. Somebody's always got your back. If you come to the convention and you're worried about what Jess was talking about, that you won't know anybody, um, reach out to one of the four of us on Facebook or, or email us. Um, and let's have coffee if you're brand new to a convention. If it's your yep. first convention. Yeah, we will all be there, either yeah, as delegates you know, or. I love that, Aaron. Like, just I am, like the newest to to going to conventions. Like, I think I went to my first convention in 2017, and I had a little bit of anxiety. And you know, am I going to know anybody? And it is like going to a family reunion. People do not shake your hand. They hug you. I had people coming up to me at our national convention. Hey, I've been wanting to meet you. It's so nice to meet you in person. And I'm like, wow, you know, this is amazing. It is like coming home. To be yeah, fair, you all get. Is this on? Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, you're all attractive females. That's why everyone wants to come hug you at convention. <laughs> No one wants to come hug me at convention. I mean, seriously, if it's your first convention, reach out to one of us ahead of time if you want. Um, come to Media Row and look for the Drunken Disorderly Table on Media Row. Um, you know, if we're not sitting right there, it's because we're on the on the floor as delegates. But leave us a note. Um, you know, yeah, reach out. Somebody will have coffee with you. We'll show you around. It'll be a blast. I do. I do oh, want to support uh, Justin's. Uh, don't let Aaron Star near the mic caucus. That is probably the best caucus in the party. So one of the benefits of uh, being a member is you're helping, you're fueling this movement. Um, we need donations at the state, national, and local levels. Um, you can be a member at the national level. And really where you get involved the most is at the state level. Most of our state parties are still in the building stages. Um, we've improved a lot since 2016. A lot of people came in in 2016 and got involved and started helping with their parties, became state chairs and such. So our parties across the country are much stronger than they were a few years ago, but our state affiliates really do need help. So people that have leadership potential or leadership experience or who want to learn more about leadership. Like I've learned so much about being a leader through the Libertarian Party, and uh, I've learned a lot about organizing through politics. This is all a trial and error kind of thing that we're doing. So I think that, you know, I can list benefits out, like you get a newspaper and the mail, the LP News. But that Okay, pause. Is that a benefit or is that <laughs> like, oh, look, more paper for the fire pit? Some people well, it depends on if you're scrapbook or not. I like reading it sometimes. Yeah, some people like reading it. Like I don't. Some people like getting something in the mail. It, it's like sweet. Somebody's mailing me, but not if you don't want to get it. You we can we can opt you out of it if you email info at lp.org and we'll opt you out. But like I think the benefit really is that you you, you it should come when you donate to the party. You should know that you're donating to help this party grow and sustain and stay in the future because. Without donations from individuals, this party doesn't exist. And oh, oh, what do we have? Democrats and Republicans as our only options on the ballot? Like, kill me now. So, yeah, and, and I promise you, you are all seeing benefits um, of the LP being in existence, whether you know it or not. 
the, the LP fought for marriage equality from, from its inception. And we have that today. We were the first ones to talk about it. Um, we've been pushing for it for 41 years. And, and look, it, and it's here. Um, medical marijuana, recreational marijuana, uh, right to try, cold beer and wine sales in grocery stores and places in the South. All of these things are things that libertarians have been pushing for and fighting for and working for for 40 years. You are seeing benefit. Um, so I would like to point out that John is talking about how they will have a table and he would be happy to talk to anyone, but he is not offering hugs. I'm he just is. saying there's probably some other presidential candidates that are offering hugs. John, you need to step up your game. Yeah. And Dan Fishman is pointing out about the LP news, Zach, there was a recipe for cooking a snake in the last LP news. Cause if dude, you are my, serious, family, my family look, is a bunch really of trappers and poachers. Boogaloo, you better read the LP news. If I need to know how to cook a snake, I'll call my nephew and be like, yo, what did you have for supper last night? (laughs) I wish that was a joke. Org slash webinar. That is the link for that convention webinar that I mentioned on October 9th. Um, LP.org slash webinar. So you can register for that. And that's another member benefit that we can talk about is that you, um, some, each state has different rules on how you can become a delegate at our national convention, but it is one of the coolest things to be a delegate for a political party's national convention. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I was a delegate in 10 and in 16 and I was staff in 18. So I was not able to be a voting delegate. But it, it gave me a lot of pride to be somebody who is, you know, influencing politics at a national level um, and being able to have a voice in this political party. Um, so a lot of people don't realize, like, if you come to our national convention as a delegate, you can help influence our party's platform. Our party's platform changes. It's not static. It can change and it changes a lot sometimes like new planks get added or things get deleted. So you have a direct voice and in this political party and and for most states, it requires national membership. And uh, you can always show up to the convention and be assured that there will be at least a half hour fight on the abortion plank, which is always the most fun part of the convention. Oh, it's not always a half hour. Sometimes it's three or four. Come on. <laughs> well, I was going on the low end. I mean, Spencer had a really good comment. Um, we were the uh, the only woman to receive an electoral college vote. The first woman to receive an electoral college vote was a libertarian candidate, guys. Um, and they our very first ticket. They like to try to say that it was uh, Geraldine Ferrero. And it, it was. It was. It was, it was uh-uh. 72. Thank you very much. Yep. So women, especially you're watching and, and you've heard from all the parties um, views uh, concerning women that, that you think reflect your own, but really look closely at those and then look at ours. Yep. I have another comment to make to anyone that has been um, putting off getting involved with their local LP. If you have a family and you're concerned about bringing kids to a libertarian event, don't be. We would love to have your children at our events. Um, you, you and your family are welcome. And I know a lot of people like will help with um, kind of like playing with kids during a libertarian party meetings. So don't be afraid to uh, leave and feel like you need a babysitter. Um, kids are 
usually welcome at every county affiliate and and that and our national convention is going to have a kids program so that parents can come and uh, participate as delegates and their kids are going to have do you have more information on it there it's the the liberty kids day camp um the national association of libertarian women hosted it last year um they i believe committed to do it again uh, it was a lot of fun you know the kids they had fun they they painted and they hung out and they had activities geared toward teens and toward younger kids and it's just a really cool mm-hmm. neat experience for them trained background checked personnel safe places to take your kids um, we're trying right. to, to make sure that that's accessible for our members sure two comments uh first off i'm seeing a pattern in the comments where people are posting their local lp website continue doing that everyone um flood our comments with your local LP website so that uh, people who may be watching now or later can find it later. Uh, Also, Dan Fishman says the abortion plank didn't make it to the floor. I don't believe that's true because I remember yelling about it a few times because I was having fun with it. I think Uh, you might be right about this last convention. No, because I was at the last one. It's New Orleans and everything stunk. I remember this convention. I remember... Uh, elbowing Ben Backus and saying, I told you this was going to come up for a vote again because I burned all my tickets just to troll to see this come up for a vote again. <laughs> and I didn't uh, think it took any time he glared at me. It didn't take much time. It got shot down pretty quick, but I definitely burned all of my tickets to get that uh, on because it just amuses me that we can't go a convention without fighting about it. Well, we could have if it hadn't been for you. Yeah, but like, why, why break the pattern? <laughs> Thank you, Maggie. <laughs> Ooh, I would like to invite anyone who um, is in the DC area to stop by and visit our headquarters. We don't have a very, we have a modest building here in Old Town Alexandria, but it's a nice building and it's a really good place for our team that is in the area to work out of. And uh, today we had Lorenzo Gastanaga from Maryland stop by and Lorenzo has been involved with the LP Maryland forever. So Maryland people definitely know Lorenzo, but uh, he, he stopped by. So we're welcome to have you come visit us. And, uh, and you know, this is an office where people work um, and I'm in it now. And I was hoping maybe I could give a tour of the office on the podcast. Sure. Do you want like, to- are you asking yeah. permission? I don't, I'm going to see if I can figure out how to do it. Do you guys want to do a tour? Yeah, yeah let's do it. Do you guys sure. want to do a tour of the so office? Actually, that, that brings up another question. If we come out to visit, are we going to be able to do a live broadcast from the office building? Um, you'll have to ask my boss. <laughs> Who's your hey, boss? Dan, I know you're watching. Dan. If we come to visit, can we do a live broadcast from the office? I, he might be mad at me now because I, I, I called him out on the abortion plank thing. Fight me, Dan. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're still my homie. We're all homies I, here. I, I love you, even if Kevin I disagree Hale with says, you sometimes. Just Kevin Hale says he's coming to visit you January 3rd. We'll see, see you then. In 2021. Yeah, Ooh. 2021. Oh, <laughs> I wanted to talk about was... That's inauguration day for Kevin's, yeah. uh, post-Kevin's election, guys. Jess, I really, I think this is valuable information for anyone. I, the 16 things to do before running... Yeah. Like literally my pen and paper is right here. Let's let's have pull up your desks. I am the teacher. Welcome to my class. <laughs> I have a little bit of a uh, a lecture, but I would like to turn it into you all giving me your feedback to the 16 things you should consider before you run for office. Okay. We got the green light from Dan Fishman. You guys have a new studio. Awesome. Perfect. 
God, we're gonna we're gonna have the most drunken, disorderly show imaginable. Like I'm gonna have Elfie come in with like full dominatrix gear, and uh, and Aaron's gonna bring her whole drawer full of dicks, and we're I just am gonna... not. That would, you, you know how much that would cost me to fly with? Afford to lug that shit around the country? <laughs> At least like two hundred dollars in airplane shipping fees, pack package fees. No, look, so, it, I might pay for that just so you can bring a big duffel bag full of dicks to the podcast. So. We can do bomb hits though, because it's in a legal area there, right? In Alexandria? DC is, it's not fully legal, but it's decriminalized. Yeah. So when we were out there, they have stores, but they're not stores. They're not brick and mortar. You call a guy, you meet him on a street corner. Okay. <laughs> okay. This, this, is is him. this is how you buy weed in DC. There's like Instagram accounts and you DM the Instagram accounts and then they tell you an address and then you go to the address during the time frame where they're having a vendor party. Okay. So I got it. Uh, me and CBO were in um, Reston for Yale last year and we found one of the vendors and schedule a little meetup and it was um it was actually a little bit sketchy like the guy was like who's that guy and i'm like he is also scheduled to meet you i don't know him but what you're doing is legal why do you care and then i forgot completely about the whole maybe he's there to rob him part of it because i am so stupid and naive about that kind of shit i'm like we're all friends what <laughs> we're all buying baseball cards that come with free weed <laughs> You can also, if you're looking to purchase weed in DC, there's websites and they, it's almost like Uber delivery, like yeah. for weed. It's really, it's really interesting. You can't go into a store, but somebody can bring it to you in a car. That, yeah, that's exactly what we did. It was, you know, ordering a meetup. It so, seems like technically I didn't buy weed though. I think technically I paid 60 yeah. bucks for a t-shirt. Yes. And the weed yes. was a free gift. I bought baseball cards and I received um, shatter, oil, and flour as free, yeah, gift. free gift with purchase. With an expensive purchase for a sticker. So here's the list of 16 things to consider before you run for office. And I prepared this with Tom Mann of New Mexico. Okay, so number one. Conduct a thorough review of your history. Are there things in your past that have the slightest potential of being unfavorable if made public? Disclose these things to your campaign manager and do not lie. Yep. What do I you did not have that? sex with that woman. I did Are not. you talking about things like that? Or that one? So I think that's a good one. Um, yeah. because if I was running social media for a campaign and suddenly I'm getting barraged with, Hey, here's a picture of your, your candidate in blackface. I'd probably just quit on the spot. Like, look, nine times out of 10, the things you're going to disclose aren't going to be disqualifiers, but your team right. has to know in that they're there yeah. so that they're prepared to respond to them and deal with them. If you're, if you've got a good team, if you've got a good team. Yeah. I, yeah. If I look, if I'm, if you let me know ahead of time, I'll spend anything on social media to make you look good. Well, just be honest about it. <laughs> Being honest, timely, and fair will carry you a lot further than spin. I mean, what is spin but being honest creatively? Exactly. It's like I mean, using up your resume. 
Anyway, go ahead with the next point, please. All right, point two. Do a thorough review of your current situation in the future. Do you have any major life changes coming up that could present difficulty in managing life balance while campaigning? A divorce, long vacation, financial hardship, getting married, having a child, buying a house. None of these things will disqualify you from running for office, but you should probably think about this long and hard before you commit to what could be a year and a half long campaign. Right. Yeah. If you just had a baby and you got to get up every night at 3 a.m., probably not the best time. I mean, or is it? Because, hell, your day's just starting early. That's true. <laughs> Might as well make some campaign announcements. Work <laughs> <laughs> done while you're feeding that baby. Yeah. Okay, what's number three, Jess? Number three. What can it? Oh, <laughs> this is kind of spiritual. What kind of candidate do you want to be? And what are your goals in running? Determine how much time and resources you're going to commit to your campaign and disclose this to your team. If you plan to be an all-out candidate, are you prepared to commit 24-7 to your campaign until election day? And how bad do you want to win? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. I'm taking notes. Furiously. Oh. All right. I'll send wait, you wait, are you running for something, Dre? Nope. All right. Number four. This one... This one is like super important and usually people hear this when before they commit to running. Is your family, especially your spouse, supportive of your decision to run? That one's super important because I almost couldn't run for uh, uh, Region 6. Yes, sorry, I'm getting a little drunk. Rep because Elfie... Right. Uh, vice rep. Sorry. I, I almost didn't run for vice rep because Elfie's like, you promised like more time with the family. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't, I'm not working on any major campaigns right now. So I totally have time. Look, runs can be really hard on relationships. Look, I, oh. Zach's getting drunk. He's losing his Look, shit. Anytime I get the runs, I know that's really difficult to deal with. God damn it, Zach. Don't leave low-hanging fruit when I'm drunk. <laughs> Steven DeKayla wants to know if we can have an official LNC podcast. It NBC. says unofficial because unofficial. we are already the unofficial favorite podcast of the LNC. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> any any LNC members that want to come on the podcast, except for um except for God damn it, I can't think of their name. Who's the vice chair? Like Alex one of yeah, we don't want Alex on the podcast. Other yeah, than that, Alex. Uh, I love Alex, but Alex Hi. would be so uncomfortable on our show. Right, and that's what it is. I love Alex too much to ask him to come deal with this nonsense. <laughs> anyway. on the show. He was just like, "Oh my god, you guys!" Like the last time I did a, an interview so with him, I think I think he basically burned that bridge after we were done. <laughs> Anyway, he next point. Well, Alex is like, and his wife. like, he's so loving and empathetic to everyone. And like, Alex, there's nobody Alex doesn't love. Yeah. Him and his wife are such sweethearts. They could yeah. not. Oh, hate. Like, Zach, you threw up Cliff's link, guys. Cliff Maloney just popped in. Hi, Cliff. And Hi, he's Cliff. dropped a link in the chat that I really want to share with you guys. The, the Yao Liberty link? Yeah. 
There's a survey there. He needs some help with that survey, guys. So show close some. Oh yeah, go go put in your your state house candidate yeah. so that y'all will give money to libertarians because they said they would as long yeah. as we played ball correctly. So hold hold their feet to the fire and look. Cliff's an upstanding man. He'll do he'll do what he said he'd do. Anyway, next survey. point. Yes, everyone else yeah. said go. Next thing you need to consider before you run for office: Do you know what it takes to win? Do I know what it takes to win? Have um, you researched the data? Oh, like like voter like count. What's stuff. your win yeah. number? And do you have a campaign plan? And what's the strategy? Research. You know it takes to win. You should know that before you run. So here's a here's a great question in the chat, and, and it'll be fun to see if this ever happens. <laughs> We're not going to put Jess on the spot, though. You know, Carl, you should ask Nick that question yourself. <laughs> if he well, reaches out, well, we're happy to schedule him. Oh, God, you just put us on the spot. Now we can't even. Aaron. Anyway, Jess, go. Next point. All right. Next question. This one is so important. Are you comfortable asking for donations? If not, why? And are you willing to get comfortable asking for donations? Yeah, that one is the most important. If you cannot ask for money like me, like I can't ask for money other than like, like I struggle to ask for money for this podcast when I'm actually putting on a product. Mm -hmm. So being a candidate, I absolutely could not. And that's why I can't run. Everyone needs to buy Aaron's shoes. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting ready to sell some shoes. So. <laughs> and the, and look, I'm not saying that they're going to be cooler than those ones that Josh Smith was selling. But I'm just will. saying they're probably going to be a lot cheaper. I don't even know if they're going to be cheaper, but they'll be cooler. You're not making them out of Italian leather, are you? I, I think those it's an like, Italian company, yeah. Those are God being damn it. Italy. And I'm not even talking shit about Josh's shoes. That's just not for poor people no, no. like me. Anyway, right, next right. point. Those are just high-end shoes. That's all. All right. Are you well networked within your community? Super important. Like, and we're not just talking your LP community. Like, do you attend city council meetings? Are you a member of Kiwanis? Do you volunteer at your kid's school? Are the you fuck a member is of a Kiwanis? Like, I've it's seen the community that. organization. Is that like the people that drive around in the little cars with the dumb hats? No, that's the Shriners. Well, fuck them too. We're on number seven, right? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, number six is are you comfortable asking for donations? Yeah. All right. What is the right office for you? Like from local board to president of the United States, where are you going to make the biggest impact with your message and your and your intent in running for office? So I had right one. I had a potential candidate and a probable candidate um, talking about making a run for a federal office. And the first question I asked is, have you considered how potentially weak your local state senator might be in a contested election? And I think that is a question that we need to ask everyone who's saying, I want to run for Congress or the Senate. Like, Look, what, what about, about your state council? Congress and Senate? Because city those are- City council, school right. board, these are That's winnable real. elections. And find one that you're qualified for. Like there's, soil and water boards like maybe you might have some experience in agriculture that might be a good fit for you so there's going to be a lot of different opportunities that are out there that would best fit your skills that you already have just are you reading cliff's comment 
I already ran for for state senate. And it's I, a state house, though. It's completely different. I didn't do well. <laughs> so, but what um, did you learn now that you can apply that and, and do better? So, it just makes perfect, Jess. Here is the next one. How you, <laughs> you sat through the Never meeting of the office in which you were seeking to be elected to. If you're running for state house, have you gone to state house meetings? Mm -hmm. Have you looked the representative that you're going to be running against in the eye? and been physically in the same room with them? And when do you plan on attending? What's next? It's a great- Why are you running for this office? For the lulls, obviously. If you can't answer it, then you probably shouldn't run because you wouldn't <laughs> be asked it a million times while you're on the campaign trail running an active campaign. Right. So number 10. All right. Do you have a campaign team? Crazy. Are there people important. willing to volunteer to help you get elected? Because if you can't expect people, if, if you don't have people that are willing to volunteer their time to help you get elected, how are you intending on having voters come out and vote for you? Very, very important. Okay. Number 11. Have you volunteered on a campaign before? Oh, that's stupidly important. Like, you should not run if you haven't sat on someone else's campaign. Like, I how would you even know what you're doing? <laughs> well, there are a lot of candidates that do. Okay, um, so let me back up. Well, they don't do well, and good people will leave your team. Uh, let me back up. Some people, there's no opportunity. And maybe you have to run so that other people can gain the experience. Mm -hmm. We are a young enough movement that that is a, a good possibility. So I don't want to just like poo-poo everyone. But realistically, we are at the point in our development where you should have worked on a campaign. Before and look, regardless in. of where you live, I promise you there is a campaign somewhere in this country that can use your help from where you're at. There are things you can do digitally. You can write letters. You can make phone calls. I mean, Jess, we worked all over the country for a campaign, right? We had people everywhere working campaigns. Um, and if look, if you're looking for one of those campaigns, again, go to the LP website. Candidates, if you haven't submitted your campaign, please do. Um, you can find those candidates there. Reach out. So Kevin Hale is talking about having been on the Mark Tippett's campaign. Uh, I would campaign. like to point out um, that was that campaign missed out on a golden opportunity because Jess, I recommend. I recommended when I was down there that they change their campaign slogan to hashtag just the tippets and he shot me down. That would have been amazing. It would have gone viral. It would have. Yep. But he's like, I'm pretty sure my wife would kill me. And I'm like, okay, that's fair enough. But I mean, maybe it's I mean, worth it. Do you want to win the seat or not? Dude? <laughs> Didn't, uh, what's his face? Uh, God, I mean, come it. on. She could have killed you in the, in the governor's mansion. How cool would that what be? You got to go. Memes are for spreading the message. Like the, with the Gar Gary's campaign, um, what were all the slogans about? Feel the Johnson. Yeah, like that didn't come from the campaign, but that was from Gary Johnson's dank meme stash. I yeah, definitely I went around cool. all of uh, the news articles I could find about tippets and just put hashtag just the tippets in the comments, but I never got enough backup to really make it trend. I tried. This was like my early like social media influencer days before 
I was as good as I am now, which is still, you know, suspect at best. But I feel like if we if he were to run again at this point, we would make that trend nationally. Oh, sure. Somewhere I, I still have a Field of Johnson t-shirt. I'm fair, oh, actually, we're talking about this. One sec. I know I have one somewhere. Oh, what is he getting? I think a Field of Johnson shirt. Oh, oh. tippets. Yeah. I love collecting yard signs. It's like, it's so fun to be able to see them and think about all the Oh, yeah. Do you remember, Josh? It, it was Dan, Dan dropped it in the, in the chat. Hashtag RUN. That was kind of a spinoff from the Field of Johnson. <laughs> the UN one. In? I love it. Fucking A. Oh, my God. That's funny. All right. I'm going to go on to number 10. Do you know what concerns the people in your community? Mm, really important. Next one is, are you comfortable in front of cameras and participating in live interviews? Yeah, that's. All right. This is what Tom added, and this is a really good point. Are you willing to be evaluated on your public speaking skills and performances by professionals and receive constructive criticism for improvement? Oh, Jesus, that is so important. It's hard. If, if you're even considering running, find your local Toastmasters group and join them. Even if you're a local leader in your Libertarian Party, being a good public speaker is important because as this movement grows, we're going to see lots of organizations wanting to have Libertarian speakers at their organizations like the league of women's voters might want to invite a libertarian representative and you know we're not going to send our national chair to your local league of women's voters meeting you want your county chair there so if you're a local libertarian leader going to toastmasters meetings is a really good use of your time and you're also going to make great connections in your community through that so just ashley shade is asking if you're ready for the march on saturday do you want yeah. to take a minute and talk about that and we'll jump back to the yeah. list sure that sounds we only great. have two left you guys oh so yeah okay let's finish, let's the finish list. It. two more um are you willing to do things that you do not want to do like run for office <laughs> like knock on doors <laughs> sorry it was low-hanging fruit <laughs> two hours of canvassing is exhausting jesus yes and if you're running for office, your campaign manager might have a plan for you that includes five days of two hours a day, knocking on doors, shaking, kissing hands, and shaking babies. Yeah. So, right. are you willing to let your team manage your schedule even when you don't want to be managed? Like, not just your schedule, your social media, your Twitter, your Facebook. Are you willing to hand over your life to your team? Because if you're not, don't run. Oh, so this is totally important right here. Uh, Apollo's Dan, two Dan, hours. No, Dan, Apollo's a drill sergeant. He's going to be like, you're knocking doors four hours a day. <laughs> Dre, Dre as a campaign manager would be absolutely fucking perfect. She'd be badass. And I can think of a couple local campaigns that could... I'm actually going to put her name in for as the campaign manager without her knowing. Here, I told you, you're, you know. Uh, so <laughs> I'm, I'm going to, she can run the campaign, I'll run the social media, and we're going to get these motherfuckers elected. Oh, God, Dre, he just voluntold you. You know, that's better than the alternative. I'll go with this. That's true. 
All right, last one, everyone, is are you willing to leverage your network? Your friends, coworkers, and acquaintances are the first votes that you should ask for. You're also going to need to leverage their networks for votes as well. Yeah, and money. Money. If you can't ask Uncle Bob for money, you can't ask any other donor for money. Yeah. So I'm going to shout out... Um, Jesus, what was um because I'm drunk, I can't think of it. The dude that ran for school board in Omaha. Two years, Tyler Glow. Tyler, yeah, man, one of the coolest guys I've met. Uh his his campaign party was his family giving him I don't remember what the amount of money was, but you know, he I would say an upper middle class family, I think, judging by how much money got thrown into his campaign in one night for a school board race. No, that was actually the mayor was there and we did really, really well that night because it was, how did we do it? It was like a, um, so there were other people donating, but his family really stepped up. Yes, they did. They did. And so did the mayor. And I think having her there was really great for him. And we had a really good group of people go out and door knock and lit drop and stuff for him. Like I was out in the snow for four hours one day, lit dropping for Tyler Glow for, uh, a student or what's it called school board i don't want to so maggie i i that is fairly accurate i don't want to throw out i mean i suppose it's probably like an fcc thing but i don't want to throw out how much money they got in the first night just because that's probably personal but um i do want to uh hey, where where was let's, it here let's jump to jess's march because jess has a pretty big event coming up next weekend oh yeah, yeah. all right so um a there's going to be this upcoming weekend on Saturday, the Trans Visibility March in DC. Um, I saw this event was coming because I love to keep tabs on what's happening in the Capitol. And I uh, reached out to um, Aaron and outright libertarians to see if maybe we could organize some libertarian presence at this event because I think the trans community is a community that needs to know libertarians support them and libertarians are there for them. And, um, you know, I want communities that are facing, um, you know, difficult times. Like the trans community faces one of the lowest lifespans um, out of any demographic due to suicide and, um, and I'm sure some other issues that somebody can help educate me on. Um, but, uh, you know, I really thought that we should have a libertarian presence there. So out outright libertarians is sending representatives and we are going to, um, be present. We're going to make some signs that say trans rights are human rights and, um, just, just be, just be present. And I think that's, that's some, you know, a really important thing that we can do from, nine o'clock to 11 o'clock on a Saturday um, is just go to a rally. It's going to, I think we're going to have some uh, really good, good connections that we're going to make as well as um, just doing the right thing by standing up for this community. Elfie showed me her bobs. I am happy. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be awesome. Jocelyn, you've got a really good group of people going down there with you or going to the March with you. So actually, yeah, yeah really Ashley's going to be there. And... So, um, sorry, I'm having a hard time keeping on task right now. It's 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 Aaron's fault for instigating all of this. She made fun of me and things had to happen. It's so a, a couple points, I, I need to scroll back up and find it. Um, no, no, no. 
Uh, first off, first off, this this person, uh, David Ballantine is an excellent person to support your campaign. Uh, I think that guy's a douche. I'm sorry. I've always thought that dude was a douche. Uh, and I, I I apologize if that offends you. I'm not trying to offend you. I just don't like that guy. I think he's okay. <sighs> he's really self-important. Way different than yeah, everybody I, else is here. So. And, and I think mo when the majority of our interactions with each other are online, are on social media, it's hard. Tone becomes an issue, right? You can't you can't always know what the intended tone of, of a post was. Yeah, yeah you um, can't. I, from I completely disagree. And here's my thing. And because this is something that I actually uh I I don't associate with um Goldstein. I'm sorry, I'm a little drunk. Sam Yeah. So I don't associate with him at all because I think he's a dick on Facebook. And the thing is, if you I think if you are a dick on social media where there are no possible repercussions, that tells me that's kind of who you are when there when no one's there to hold you accountable. So maybe I, that depends on, on what kind of a dick you're being. Yeah, right? yeah, totally. Look, if you're racial and epithets and okay, then maybe. But there are subtle nuances to communication that are lost. When it's a little blip on Facebook, There's no, because like I, I'm not talking about like there was a post that I thought someone was a little snarky or something like that. I mean, like you, if I see a pattern of behavior of you are a dick to people consistently on social media, I'm going to assume those are your true feelings, and that when you're in person and you're being nice to people, that's a mask. Look, there are a lot of people that will tell you that I'm a dick to people on social media all the time. But you're not consistent. That's not your only personality on social media. You can be fiery and passionate, but you're also a really nice person and caring other times, as all humans are. We we can all be dicks on social media. Except for yeah, Jess. we are multi. Jess is a super nice person on social media. Who? Jess. Jess. Yeah, Jess is kind of the exception. Has to be. She's getting paid. I'm a dick. Sometimes I feel bad about it. I'm like, oh, I was an asshole to that person on the internet. And here's the thing, like I get everyone like immediately this is this is what's going on on our our feed here. Um look, I'm drunk enough to take this head on. So here we go. Uh I get everyone says Sam is great face to face. I don't care. I feel that I already know who he is. Wait, face Sam who? Wait, but, but people who actually know him are telling you that you don't know who he is. I would say that those people don't know who he is because who you are when you cannot be held accountable is who you are. I'm lost. Who the fuck are we talking about? Sam yeah. Goldstein. Keep up. I'm that? the drunk I, one. I thought we were talking about David. David no. Oh no. Well, God. we moved off. We moved off of him to talk because Sam Goldstein is someone that more, more is more like like everyone understands what I'm saying a little bit better All because right. everyone I, I, thinks that he's a nice person except for me. Uh, and I, I have met him in person at convention and he was pleasant in person, uh, but I still will always carry that. And look, I'm going to say this uh, as close to man to man as I can, because he's in the comments, uh, Daniel Hayes, and I will never be cool because he came on my podcast and attacked one of my friends. To me, that's like a huge dick move and it doesn't matter what happens after that. You can't like, there are some things to me you don't come back from and, Using my platform to trash one of my friends is one of them. 
And uh, gosh, I'm really drunk, so I'm not connecting these points very well. Certainly, there are certainly people. Um, I think you should interact with. I feel that way. I mean, there are people I interact with on Facebook that I feel that way about. So, so I get what Zach's saying. At the same time, I'm willing to admit that a lot of that could be my own personal bias and not really them. It ultimately doesn't change my reality, right? It doesn't change how I feel about it. But um, maybe at some point it will if I continue to own that a lot of that could be my own bias. Justin, I don't, I don't think that's accurate, Justin, because... Jess posts in the Mises Caucus group all the time, and I don't see her get roasted really ever. Like, I'm sure it happens from time to time, but I typically see your stuff there get mostly positive responses. Well, seriously, if think of all the people you know in the movement, if you were any of them and you really thought for a minute that you had been a dick to Jess, how would you feel about yourself? <laughs> yeah, okay. She's she's not typical of people in this movement. Okay, she she's not typical of people. No, Jess is very special and unique. She, I, I, I mostly know Jess basically from online. We've met in person, obviously before, but she's a sweet person. She is, you know. I can be an asshole sometimes too. I'm the type of person that'll be like, go in your fucking opinion. I don't give a fuck, you know. But she doesn't operate that way, and I appreciate that. That is the difference, I think. You know what I mean? It's because Jess is the consummate professional. She just is. And I don't have to be. Yeah. Very, very respectable, by the way. I propose that Sam and Zach meet for a drink in Austin, Texas, and say hello to each other. Do it, Zach. Look, seriously, there are people in this movement. Only if it's on camera. Shut, shut, shut. Look, there are people in this movement that I thought, I, dad is the most evil, vile, disgusting person I've ever met based on even, and some, some of them not just social media, right? I like um, Tom Woods, who philosophically, I do not agree with a lot of the time. Um, I don't think that we have the same principles, um, but sitting and talking to Tom, even though I still think he's really, really wrong a lot of the time, I don't think he's some evil, vile, disgusting human being. So this is where they revoke my Mises Caucus membership? Dude's just boring. He's not just, a bad person. Though. I don't think he's a bad person. He's just so fucking boring. Can we talk about podcasts on a podcast? Yeah. Look, I talk shit about every other podcast on this one. What we are the only that? entertaining libertarian podcast. Everyone else is boring. Right. Except for, except for uh, Trista Stewart, because I will always support Clan Stewart like a good Cameron. I love back in his nepotism. The reason editors podcast is so good and I love it when it, they have a new episode and I can listen in, but I love listening to Catherine Mangu Ward and Matt Welch and Nick Gillespie and Robbie Suave and um, Slade and Elizabeth Nolan Brown and whoever's on the show that day. The re- reason magazine has a fantastic crew of people. And if you're not subscribing to their magazine, you definitely should because these people are like amazing libertarians. And um, Matt Welch is on TV all the time. 
He's on MSNBC on Stephanie Rule's show a few times a week. And it's really cool seeing a libertarian voice represented. And he's on Kennedy's show all the time. Um, so, you know, they're really good people. And it, it, it would be cool to see a libertarian voice represented if he was a libertarian. That's a joke, everyone. He's not my favorite person, but I, I, I'm not calling him not a libertarian. Why, why is he not your favorite? And why, why, like, is where is he on the list of Sam Goldstein rankings? Oh boy. So here's the deal. I, Sam Goldstein, is a weird case because I can't stand him on a personal level because of. I think he's a dick on social media, but that motherfucker's effective as shit. So like, right. I want him around. So I don't want anyone to be like, oh, Raptor is trying to chase Goldstein out of the party. Fuck no. I just want him to stay away from me. And, I want to hear who else doesn't Zach like. Oh, God. Uh, I mean, do you do we have time for this? Like every time Justin comes in here and starts talking about Sarwark, it's just like, or we could not. Or we could not. <laughs> and he, so his new thing. God, I'm drunk enough to pick on Justin now. Uh, his new thing is to every every couple of days he'll message me about. Yeah, I was hanging out with what's Sarwark's wife's name? Who cares? <laughs> Everyone else cares. Valerie. Her name is Valerie. Yeah. Sorry, I was and, muted because my dog is apparently robbed a crack. He'll, he'll be telling me some story about her, and I'll I'll be like, uh, I I really don't care, and it's I try not to do like I don't know her. She is probably a fine I person. I Justin was like my best friend. It turns out apparently Justin's been like cheating with his friendship on me and telling everybody else about his life because I thought we were like besties. Oh. I was pissed at Santa last year. No, dude, I love my dad. What are you talking about? No, he means probably he. Who is libertarian Santa? Tom. Duh. When, when when have I ever been pissed at Tom Arnold? I have no idea. AKA my dad. Maybe I mean, you guys have seen the that. pictures I posted. So Tom Arnold looks almost exactly like my father, uh, and they both live in Tennessee, so it's interchangeable at this point. I just call him Daddy. Please get the dogs out of the hallway. Dogs out of the hallway. Go on. Take your ball with you. No, take your ball with you. Tell fucking John. Come on. Come on. This is this is my my baby boy. <laughs> anyway, so this is now a ninety minute episode that's gonna have to get broken up into two parts. Uh, and my computer says "fuck all of you" and we need to stop before it dies. Because <laughs> editing this will crash my computer if I try to do it. So um, so uh, point. So there, we we just got a bunch of comments, and I want to throw this out there again. Uh, we are doing a roast in December. Uh, the details will be forthcoming. Here's the deal. If you are a subscriber for as little as 99 cents a month, you can submit a video roast that will make it on the podcast when they go to roast me at the birthday bash. Live. And, and here's the deal. It will be a proper roast. So hopefully everyone will come with jokes for each other and not just me because uh, that's how it's supposed to be done. Like I'm the main person to be roasted, but everyone else. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, everyone, uh, you are welcome to come live to hang out with us or tune in for the roast. Um, so you have like a minute, Jess. Give us your last minute spiel and we're out of here. And anything you want to plug. What's that? My phone so we can do a tour. Oh. 
That's okay. We can save that for another day. I think there's a video that Star Child posted, and it's on YouTube. Does he have a channel? How the fuck does he have a YouTube if he won't even have a Facebook? Like, legitimately, the Radical Caucus can't have meetings on Facebook because he refuses to have one, and therefore they have to, like, email, have some dumb Yahoo email chain. Like, that fucking shit still happens yeah. after 2005. The only way I know how to get a hold of Starchild is I have one email address for him. I don't have a phone number. I have no social media. I think maybe he's on Instagram. I don't know. But, like, I cannot get a hold of the guy. <laughs> Yeah, everyone go to the the Trans Visibility March. Is that what it, it's called? Yeah. Everyone, if you're in the area, go to that, definitely. In D.C.? Um, yes. And uh, I would say we should organize something like that, but, um, man, I'm not that brave, and this is Nebraska. Well, I was at the Pride March. That's probably as close as we're going to get. And I've seen the Pride Parades uh, online in other cities. Ours... Um, the people that were dressed in like the most scantilous clad, like dominatrix come in, beat me, whips and chains, black leather, fully clothed. Like I felt bad for them because it was 105 that day and I was in a tank top and a skirt sweating my ass off. I can't even imagine what somebody in full head to toe our, leather was feeling that day. girls went to that and got up to the starting line and they're like it's too hot for this shit we're gonna go sit down somewhere yeah i had your girls all the time and we were standing in the literal shade and everybody's oh, that's like, right yeah everybody that was handing out popsicles i'm like girls go get extras <laughs> <laughs> and that and that is how uh dre and john adopted our girls yeah they're great girls they don't love tell us. them that don't tell them that <laughs> anyway so we're now at 93 minutes we'll see you all oh god did so just plug everything? I don't know. Try again. Sorry, I'm too drunk. Well, um, thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate everything you do for the Liberty Movement and for just being really good people because I think that's how the Liberty Movement will win when libertarians just try to be good to other humans and seek out self-actualization we learned that being grateful is what really makes our lives full and being happy so let's be you know libertarians we typically tend to have a lot of a negative mindset as far as like life and existence goes because we look at government intruding on our lives all over the place but this is one of the freest countries in the world and in some countries, you can be murdered because of you want to change your religion. So really find some place in your heart to be grateful for something every single day because that's going to help you live your happiest and fullest life. And when you're living happily and living freely, you're going to be a better uh, advocate for liberty. And if, if you know, you're not at that place, find things to be grateful for. Um, find how you can have some self-empowerment and self-dignity because it's within you and um, you'll find it and you're going to be uh, a lot happier and, um, you know, your purpose in the Liberty Movement is going to mean so much more. So um, thanks for everything everybody does and, um, and peace, love, and liberty. What a beautiful way to couch that message, Eric. Uh, I'm sorry, Jess. Thank you so right. much. All right, so our, our upcoming, we have Eric Beasley on Thursday. We're going we're gonna to rub beards. It's going to be sexy. 
we have Luke Tatum next Tuesday to talk about his game Dummy Corporation. Uh, and that's super exciting to me because one of the things that we love doing, while we, while we have the political arm of our movement, which Jess is spearheading like a fucking champ, uh, we are more the cultural arm of the movement, and someone making a mobile game based on libertarianism is right up our Perfect. alley. So yep. we're really happy to have him on. We're going to have Emily Hurtley um, next Thursday to talk about nerdy stuff, mostly, and probably uh, being a campaign manager. Uh, <laughs> this one will be fun. On the 8th of October, we're going to have um, Max Abramson on. And I'm sure no one in our comment section has any feelings about that whatsoever. <laughs> Bring it. Uh, who the fuck scheduled someone on my birthday? Put your birthday on the fucking calendar. God, who's Aaron Lewis? Who scheduled that one? Aaron Lewis is running for mayor of Hartford, and he just jumped the DNC to the LP. Oh. Show the man some love. Okay, but it's my birthday. I will not be sober for that one. Like, you think this is intoxicated? Oh, buddy. Just put Bitch Boy to co-host for you. Yeah, okay. put Bitch Boy on. It'll be fine. But the problem isn't the hosting part. It's the production part. I don't even know if I can find the stop button right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. We'll figure out how to make me co-host, and I'll do it. It's fine. All right, whatever. All right. Thank you. Home. Thank you, Jess, for coming on. We would love Thanks, to have guys. you back. Thank you. Love you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we have a bunch of guests in the pipeline that are not on the schedule yet, but we're working on it. Um, everyone, um, go bug Dave Smith for us because we want Dave Smith on our podcast. Oh, we lost Jess. Uh, I think she probably took that as, as we yeah. were going off. But we are going off. We'll see you all um, Thursday.